Hi friends, welcome to the FBC Tuttle podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. We are so glad you're here. Each week on our podcast, you'll hear messages from our pastor, Brother Marty Williams. If you'd like to join us for worship, we meet every Sunday at 1045 a.m. Central in Tuttle, Oklahoma and online at fbctuttle.net. Now, let's get started. Thanks to all of you for being here today. You know, this is, uh, this is one of my favorite Sundays, actually, of the, of the year. Uh, when we have our uh, uh, annual Thanksgiving lunch, uh, I mean, what's not to love, right? A short service. I got 20 minutes. That's, that's okay. A short service. You know, as I was standing up here on the front row and turning around and, and looking at some of you, I mean, there's just lots of memories and stuff, you know, that, uh, that I think about, you know? I mean, it's the only Sunday that you can get Sid Acord off the back row over here as he moves up so your wife can sit with Mama. Gary comes to church every, every year. Be with his mom on Thanksgiving. What a blessing. Lots of families together. Biddy boys. Welcome back, guys. You know, just, uh, just so much. You know, that uh, families get together. Feels like family. Feels like family get together. And uh, just uh, it's a glorious time. You know, we, uh, we always have a lot of folks missing, right, from our service today. Uh, because we've got, I don't know, what, 25 or more people over across in the Family Life Center that are cooking and cutting desserts and all of the stuff that, uh, that they do. And, you know, it started Wednesday night as they moved tables and chairs up to set up for three or 400 people. And, and um you know, as you leave this place to go over there after this service, you know, we'll bless the food here and you'll file over there and there'll be people telling you, helping you get in which lines to serve the food and they'll be filling your plates and there'll be people offering to carry your drinks or help you to your table. Just the body of Christ serving one another. And... uh it's a, it's a glorious thing to, to watch. It blesses my heart to, uh, to see it. I know there are always some who can't, get wait, can't wait to get finished eating, get home to the football game or the golf tournament or the recliner or uh, the nap or whatever it is, but... Um, but to me, this is, this is the church event that, that uh, feels most like a family event. And, uh, and I think that that's as it should be. Um, over and over in the New Testament, we see the, the picture of the New Testament church, and we hear it described as a family, even to the point that that uh, we're to treat each other as brothers and sisters. We even call, we even call one another those things. It's a, it's a family kind of setting. And, uh, you know, I, I uh, have been a little under the weather 
uh, for part of this last week. I uh, started feeling better a couple of days ago. Feel good as new now, but um, but but as I as I come in today, because this is really first first day that I've been here in a while, I uh, I sense that there were probably people that think thought I wasn't coming. You know, somebody told me, well, it's, you know, we can just uh, leave right after the music service and go over for lunch because we're supposed to be over there at 1130 anyway. And uh, Wayne, he built extra stuff into the service. You know, t- I, I didn't know you were going to tell the story about the old rugged cross. Uh, last time I talked to him, he was going to read a scripture from First Thessalonians chapter 5. I mean, Right? Wasn't that today? Did we do that? Okay. I built my whole service around that scripture. You think I'm kidding? I'm not kidding. Because the the Apostle Paul, over and over, in the book of 1 Thessalonians, calls this church that he loves, calls them brethren, brothers. It was obvious that, um, that, uh, that the Apostle Paul and those with him, uh, Silas and Timothy, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and really verses 2 through 5, I'm not real sure what all I've got, but, but Paul opens this letter to the Thessalonians by saying, we give thanks to God always for you all making mention of you in our prayers, remembering you without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of our God and Father, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. And over and over in Scripture, we see people giving thanks, giving thanks to God for other people. And what other people are doing, and, and for the lives, for their service to one another, for their love for one another. In chapter 3 of 1 Thessalonians, uh, Paul again says, he says, But now that Timothy has come to us from you and brought us good news of your faith and love, and that you always have good remembrance of us, greatly desiring to see us as we also to see you, Therefore, brethren, in all our affliction and distress, we were comforted concerning you by your faith. For now we live, if you stand fast in the Lord, for what thanks can we render to God for you? For all the joy with which we rejoice for your sake before our God, night and day, praying exceedingly that we may see your face and perfect what is lacking in your faith. Paul was thankful for these people. He loved these people. And as he comes to the close, and believe, this is going to be a 20-minute sermon, so don't get too worried. As he comes to the close of this letter, Paul gives one of the most concise, compacted treatises on how the people of God are to interact with others. He first talks about how they what their relationship should be to their, to their leaders, right? Or to their, to their pastor, to their elders. And, uh, you know, I always, I always hesitate a little in, uh, in preaching on passages of Scripture that tell you how to relate to me. 
right? I mean, I hate it when preachers get up and, and preach about how hard their job is, you know, and uh, because I, I, don't, I don't really, I don't feel that way. I was telling brother this morning, you know, he was, he, he was, te- he was, he was encouraging me. I mean, he didn't even know what I was going to preach about. But he was encouraging me. He said, I love you, brother. I mean, I just appreciate all that you do. And it's like, man, I know. I mean, I know. Thank you. I feel that. I do. I feel that. You may say, well, you shouldn't feel that from me. But, hey, whatever. But, but, but I feel that. And I don't, and I don't feel led to, to preach on necessarily what, you know, how we to do that. In, in verses in verses 12 and 13 of chapter 5, one of the first things as he brings this to a close and he's addressing these, uh, this church that he loves so much, he says, and we urge you, brethren, when he says we, it's, you know, in the introduction of the book, he says it's me, Paul, that's writing this with Silas and Timothy, right? So ever he refers to himself, he refers to the three of them. He says, and we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you, and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. You know, and, and, and while I don't want to necessarily preach on that, one thing that I do, that I do want to say about it, when, when it says we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you, that word recognize is not just to see, but it's to know. It's to know. You know, I remember years ago going to a funeral of a man. I was uh, I had responsibility for a large grocery account, and the guy that was the president over thousands of people and stores and stuff died suddenly. And uh, of course, he was an influential man, and people came from everywhere to go to his funeral. I drove from, it was on a Saturday, I'll never forget it, I drove to Tulsa, Oklahoma to attend this funeral, and there were thousands that were in attendance. I had a colleague from Dallas that was sitting beside me. The pastor gets up, and he said, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't actually know, Joe. My colleague that was sitting beside me, I said, I know where I'm going tomorrow. I said, where are you going tomorrow? He said, I'm going to church. I'm going to my church. He said, the pastor may not be my best friend, but I want him to know my name. We laugh at that. But that's, that's, the, that's the sense that this, now I understand some churches are so big that that can't happen, but that's the sense that this passage starts off with. That you, that you, you all might know me, right? And I think, and I think most, most of you do. Some of you don't even go to this church know me. That's, I think that's a wonderful thing. Because you see, as we know one another, as we know each other, there's a, we have an understanding about what, what goes on in people's lives. We're perhaps a little more forgiving and a little more gracious you know what I mean? And I need all of that that I can get. But, but Paul says, know those, recognize those that labor among you. And I think that's another important thing, that labor among you. 
with you. When I get into what this passage is, is, is teaching, that's at the core of it. Is that the church, we're together. It's not, it ain't, it's not just me. In fact, you guys are going to get it hard in a minute. Because it's you. It's you that are to be ministering to one another as well. But he says, as you as, as, uh, recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and ad- admonish you, esteem them very highly for your, their work's sake or for the sake of their work. See, it's not personal. It's not that I'm such a great guy. It's not that I'm to be held in high esteem or put on a pedestal. It's just because of the work the Lord's given me to do. It's because of the work. And then he says, be at peace among yourselves. There can no work of the gospel happen in the midst of strife. So the first thing Paul is going to tell this church, reiterate to these people that he loves, he's not getting on to them, right? In fact, there's nowhere in this scripture, nowhere in this, in this book really where, where the apostle Paul is getting on to them. He just says, he's just reminding them and be at peace among yourselves. Right? Don't, don't let there be contingents and, and all that kind of stuff. But then the passage that I want to focus on are really in verses 14 and 15. And it says this, Now we exhort you, brethren, <coughs> warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. So the first thing I want you, I told you, you guys were going to get it, right? Well, here it is. You're going to get it. Notice who he's talking to. He says, brethren, right? We exhort you, brethren. We encourage you. I mean, that's that's what the word exhort means. It means to encourage. It means to, to implore. It means to beg. It means to... I want you guys to do this, right? He said, we exhort you, brethren. So he's, he's, not, he's, not, talking to, he's not talking to to Silas and to Timothy, right? It's them talking to the, to the church. Now, it sounds like something that he might say to Timothy and that he might say to Titus in those pastoral letters that he that he writes to, to those preachers and to, to the elders of those churches of how they ought to be dealing with, with the people that God has placed under their care. But, but here he's writing to the church. And he says something like this. He says, warn those who are unruly. Warn those who are unruly. He wants us, he wants us to see that, that each of us, you, each of you, you have a part in the ministry of this church. And, and it's not just, and your part is not just sitting on the pew listening to me. Right? I mean, that's okay that you do that, and sometimes that's okay. But there are times when, when, when Paul is telling this church, there are times when you engage with one another. And these, and these groups that we're going to talk to, right? The, the unruly, the faint-hearted, the weak. Those are, that's, those are the church in need. And all of us at some 
point in time. Experience those things. Right? He says, warn the unruly. It's a military term. Unruly is a military term that means out of order. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a picture, it's an image, and extra biblical stuff of one who has left the ranks. One who has left the ranks. One translation I read said this, warn the quitters. Warn the quitters. To warn wasn't to come down on somebody's head, but it's to gently reprove. And you know, there, we, all, we all know that we can look around at empty pews and know people that used to come, used to be there, that for some reason now haven't, don't. And Paul is calling this church to reach out to those people, to gently reprove them, to encourage them to re-engage, get back in the ranks, whatever, whatever it may be. And yes, it's, I mean, I, I, I preach things like this every week, right? But it's not just me. This is us, church. He says, warn, warn Warn those who are unruly. The second thing he says is this, comfort, comfort the faint-hearted. Comfort the faint-hearted. What in the world, faint-hearted, what, is that, what might that mean? The word means uh, small of soul. Small of soul. Those who, those who probably deal right with uh, um, struggle with fear and, and doubt. Oftentimes, you know, we all experience times when it just seems like the spiritual life is just sucked out of us. You know, could be a, you know, a diagnosis at the, uh, at the doctor's office, or it could be just circumstances or uh, health issues, setbacks of, you know, of uh, about really any kind. There are times I know in my own life that I feel small of soul, faint-hearted, right? And Paul says that, that when believers that are around, when we know that there are people that are experiencing that kind of spiritual setback where they're just having a hard time seeing what God may be doing, understanding the nearness of the Lord, forgetful of the fact that, that Christ Jesus loves them and is in control of everything that happens to them. Paul says, church, when you see that, comfort them. Or just to encourage, just to come alongside, right? It's not just to let them alone, right? We're to come alongside them and helping them to to, uh, to, to come back, to understand that, that God is for them. I pray, that, I pray that in all of these areas that the Lord might give us a sense of discernment. You know what I mean? 
Because I know, I know that there are many, I'm, I'm not preaching down to you. Because, I mean, there are so many, many people in this church that love to minister to people when they see needs and when they know there are needs. Every week, I have people tell me, well, if you'll just call me, or if you'll just let me know, or if, if you'll just, you know, whatever. And, uh, and, and I get that, and I appreciate that. But, you know, we... I think I think that this the sense that I get from this scripture church is that is that when we do more life together then we see those things in each other more readily. Instead of somebody say calling the church and say, Hey, hey pastor, you might want to go check on so and so. I hear they're having a hard time. Well, brother, go check on them if they're having a hard time. Right? I mean, I, I love to do those things. But, but if we're a discerning people, then, then we minister to one another in those kinds of ways. And then Paul says this. He says, we are to, oh my gosh, it's 1130. <laughs> <laughs> then Paul says this, we are to uphold the weak. And that weak is just a really general term that means weak without strength. You know, and as I as I think of as I think about that, there are I'm gonna have to quit, but as I think about as I, th- I think about that, uphold the weak, and it's to I mean it's to grab on to, it's to support. Okay? Support the weak. And you know there's all kinds of things that make us weak. You know, it could be sickness. You know, where you need a meal or you need you know, an errand run or whatever. It could be, I don't know, just a sorrow. Sorrow. Sorrow due to loss or, you know, especially around the holidays when folks have lost loved ones and there's a sense of, there's a, there's a sense of sorrow that sometimes is just hard to, to overcome. Paul says, church, support that weak. And then I thought of something else. You know, and I mean, we're, we're a church that's a little older in age, you know, than, than a lot. But we have a lot of folks that are, that are older. And guess what? When you get older, you get weaker. I mean, I'm a perfect example of it myself. Right? But sometimes we just need, there are folks around us that just need some help. Physical hell. I think this is more about physical stuff than it is spiritual stuff. Support the, support the weak. Be there for one another. Paul says, church, minister to one another. Love your pastor. Minister to one another. And then he says this, verses 16 through 18. He says, in general, here's the way you worship. He says, you rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 
How can we do that? Rejoice always. In everything, give thanks. You, you, you say, preacher, that's just not a realistic expectation for us. And, and can I just tell you, I mean, it's really not an expectation. It's a command. And you think, well, that's silly. You can't command me to rejoice always. You can't command me to always be thankful. Well, you know what? God can. He can command that. And you know what? If He can command it, you can do it. You can do it. And you know what's the secret of being able to do it? And none of us will do it. None of us will be perfect at it. But it's understanding that this God that we worship, this God that we serve, this, this God that we, that we worship together and minister together with, is a God that can be trusted. He's a God that loves us. He's a God that blesses us. He's a God that created us, that cares for us, that sustains us, that promises us good things and heaven to boot. And because God is God, the Apostle Paul says, you can rejoice always. And you can give thanks in everything. And you can always pray. You can always pray. It's what Thanksgiving's about. Thanksgiving is about not only giving thanks for what God has given us, but just giving thanks to God for God. Everything that we have comes from His hands. You know, and as we celebrate today through the sharing of a meal or through fellowshipping with one another around the table or, or however you may, uh, may celebrate your Thanksgiving, just understand that it's all because of God. It's all because of Christ Jesus and the blood that was shed for us. And he says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. You know, as we, uh, as we leave today, there is a blessing at the very close of this book in verses 23 through and 24 that says this. It says, may now the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, set you apart completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. We can minister to one another in the name of Jesus. We can be an example in our families, in our community, by being a church that cares and ministers to one another. And as we come together, we can worship appropriately, rejoicing in the Lord Jesus, giving thanks for all things in His name. Men, stand with me and we'll be dismissed. As you go across the street six minutes late, You, you will just go straight to the serving lines, I'm sure by now. Go straight to the serving lines, and I hope you have a glorious time together. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this church. Lord, I thank you for all those that are gathered today in this place.
Lord, we thank you for the visitors that are with us. We thank you for the family members that, that have come back. Lord, we thank you for, Lord, for the church that you have united us to be and created us to be. And Lord, may we be all that you would have us to be as we fulfill your purposes in this place. Lord, we thank you so much. Lord, for all those that have worked to set up, to cook, to serve. Lord, I pray that you would bless them for their service to your church and to us. Thank you for the food that you've given us. We pray that you would bless it to our bodies, Lord, as we fellowship together. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey friends, before you go, if you have a prayer request, call the church office at 405-381-2492. If you'd like to learn more about our children's, youth, men's, women's, or senior adult ministries, visit our website at fbctuttle.net. Thanks again for joining us today. We love you and we hope you have a blessed week.